0: TheYeshiva.net We began in last year a new mimer of Torah Parashas of the Era The Balatanya wanted to understand how these words are a response to Moshe Rabbeinu's lamentation at the end of Parashas Shmois of the purpose of the gullus. why is there a gullus, and why did the gullus become so much worse only when Moshe Rabbeinu came to Paray and begged of him and pleaded with him and demanded of him to let the people go and then the exile and the subjugation increased. And the Balatanya Dal asks another question. What was even the reason for this entire Egyptian exile? What sin brought it about? What was it a penalty for? The Torah doesn't indicate anything. In fact, hundreds of years before it happened, God already promised it as though it was essential to Jewish history. Why did they deserve this? And for this, he went off on a discussion. And the beginning of the discussion was the fact that we see in the story of creation that the name Elohim is used, Beresh bara Elohim. And throughout the story of creation, it's Elohim. But then at the end, it says this is the history of the heaven and the earth on the day that Hashem Elohim formed heaven and earth, formed earth and heaven. B'yoyim asayis Hashem Elohim. In other words, there is a partnership or shituf, as Chazal said, there is a shituf, there's a, a coexistence of the name Yutke Vavke, which he always calls Shem Havaya, Havaya, with the name of Elakim. What is the difference between these two names? What's the difference between the name Havaya and the name Alekim? He says Alekim is plural. Throughout the Tanakh, we see elikim as plural, and it's referred to as a plural name, as a plural world word. word. Elikim hu, for example. Havaya is one. What's the explanation in this? So the Balatanya began explaining that the pasuk says, "Godol Hashem Hashem is great; he is extolled excessively, but his gedula, his greatness, has no cheiker. There's no inquiry that we're capable of doing into his greatness. We can do a scientific or even spiritual inquiry into his godless. Another, another possek says, Hashem Where is Hashem great? In the city of our God. That's where he's great. So Chazal say, When is he a gadol? The city of God. What does this mean? He's great when he comes into that city. What what does all of this mean? So Balatani explained at length, and this was our topic in the previous year, that generally, there's no thought that can grasp Hashem's reality. That's an expression of desire. Even the most sublime and spiritual and transcendent thought can't grasp his true reality. So therefore, we can't even say the word gadula, gadl, because when I say the word gadl, it's a description of greatness. I'm saying, you're great, so there's some appreciation of the greatness. It's a description, it's a, it's a definition. But if no thought can grasp him, no thought can grasp the reality. So even the word gadula, which is, you leave an impression of greatness, is something that I can appreciate. This person is a great man. This woman is a great woman. This person has great wisdom or great qualities, or great virtues, or great leadership. This is all something that I can talk about, at least to some degree. I can appreciate it. The so Balatanya says, indeed, the whole word, the whole, the whole term of Gdullah by Hashem only can be discussed when Hashem allows His infinite absolute undefined reality which we have no words for to be restricted and channeled and harnessed to the point where God becomes a creator of the world <laughs> where Hashem's energy becomes the engine the fuel the gas the battery the soul that creates vivifies animates all of existence the higher worlds and the lower worlds, and everything contained within the worlds. Then I could start using the word gadl. Then I could say it's great. Great creator. Look at the universe. If this is the universe, and it's a very impressive universe, so this tells me something about the creator of the universe, who created all matter, and created all space, and created all time, and created everything that's contained within the matter. And the example he gives is the relationship of the sun and the ray of the solar core. The sun itself I can't look at. And if I would be too close to it, I wouldn't be able to exist. The ray of the sun comes from the sun, and the ray of sun I can appreciate, I can internalize. It gives me the vitamins I need. It gives me the warmth I need. It gives me some electricity I need, some heat I need. It allows for vegetation, it allows for produce, it allows for daytime. And all of the other benefits that we have from the sun. Now, does the ray of the sun come from the sun? Of course it comes from the sun. But you're not going to tell me that from the ray you can capture the sun itself. You can't. So the Balatanya says this is a martial, we speak about ziv ha-shchina, the ray, the ray of the shkhina. The Passoc says, Hashem, Havaya is the shemesh, but there's a muggin. The shemesh has a magin, a sheath, that which protects the sun. And allows only a trickle of its intensity to be able to be communicated to mankind, to planet Earth. And here, there's two psukim. Marabu Masach HaHashem, Magadlu Masach HaHashem. Marabu Masach HaHashem, Kulam Mas. We say it every morning from Tehillim. We also say from Tehillim, Magadlu Masach HaHashem. What's the name, Marabu Magadlo? said, Marabu represents the diversity, the biodiversity of our planet. And not just the biodiversity, but all forms of diversity of our planet. Organic material and inorganic material. And the diversity within, within each category, within creation. Whether you're talking about the doymim, the inorganic, the tzimeach, the world of vegetation and produce, he discussed the diversity. The world of chai, living organisms, the animal kingdom, the zoological species, the tremendous diversity within a species itself. Never mind one species from another species. And even though there's so many similarities, we all share. DNA sequences significantly. I share 50% of my DNA with a banana and 98% of our DNA we share with the chimps, with the chimpanzees. But nonetheless, there is diversity even among the bananas and even among the chimps and even among the humans. And nonetheless, we're all connected. We all use the same dictionary. All living organisms use the same dictionary. But there's the marabu Masa And you can't compare one to the other. The chemistry of every single one is different. It's inner composition. Its molecular structure, its atomic structure is diverse. And it's a certain, and he says it's not just a random fact. It happens to be that way. No, it's based on the spiritual energy that vivifies this particular creature. That's what the Chazal say there's no blade of grass, no brain. The Ch'ais of mulmata. there's no blade of grass below that doesn't have a mazel Malmata that strikes it and says, G'dal, grow. What is the muzzle that tells it to grow? What is a whip? Some, if, if you read it literally, it sounds like some mazel stands with a whip and beats the grass and says, grow. Well, here's the news. If you start beating a blade of grass, it's not going to grow. You're going to destroy it. Can't beat it. <laughs> it's a spiritual idea. The idea is... That the, the the grass is responding to a spiritual energy, the blade of grass. You could say, well, there's there's the physical structure and all of the physical components that we learn. We are learning more and more about as we develop. Think as we develop our instruments of perception, and that is what is responsible for the growth of the bush, or the shrub, the plant, the tree, the fruit, the vegetable. That's all true, but that yet evolved from the mazel, from the spiritual chemistry. Physical chemistry is a manifestation of spiritual chemistry, of metaphysical chemistry. And when you know the spiritual chemistry, you can immediately understand the physical chemistry because one evolves from the other. That's marabu masachash. The diversity is incredible. Wherever you look, just within yourself. We begin with one cell, and it ends up with approximately 50 or 70 trillion cells. Some say 100 trillion cells. What's the difference between 50 trillion and 100 trillion? (laughs) It's a big difference. But what's the difference between one cell and 50 trillion? But isn't it amazing? From one cell comes 50, not 50 cells. That would also be amazing. 50 trillion cells. And each one serves its function and purpose to maintain... The living organism Ezra Hashem. As we say in the blessings of Ashayat every morning or after we tend to our needs. Then there's my Masach Hashem. That's the next shikl. In the Maimir, you see Vav Ahmed page 111, Mamash, the middle of the page. Page 111, the second column. In the middle of the page, the line starts, Rabu Masach. my the line starts to rubble. It's in the middle of the page. There's another line that starts to rubble closer to the top of the page, but you want the middle of the page. But there's another Pesach. This refers to the higher worlds. The angels and the souls that experience... Delight and ecstasy from the divine. Of course, this is like the pasik we say about Shabbos. We say it in the Kiddush of Shabbos. Shaya Navi says, You will experience delight from Hashem. So he says, This is the God. And just as when we spoke about the diversity in terms of chemistry. It's also true in terms of spirituality. The tainug of one is never the same as the tainug of the other. Even though they're both experiencing delight from Hashem, it's never the same. And that's a, it's a very powerful insight. So just like we spoke about Marabu Masahasha, and he said that's referring to our world, the lowest worlds, the lowest states of reality, and all the creatures that are in the physical world, which... ...are divided into so many different species... ...and each species itself is, compart- is is made up, is comprised... ...of so many diverse components and elements. And that's my rabbi masach, as he said before... ...myriads and myriads and myriads of categories... ...even within one species and then the different species itself. We don't have one species of birds. We have maybe 10,000 species of birds. And within each species, there's something unique about each bird... Just like within every human, there's something unique about this human being. And it's all marabu masaha. He says, magadlu, rabu, is talking about the physical diversity. The diversity in the world of chemistry. And again, that diversity, both from an external point of view. You look around, you see the diversity. As the Gemishra says in Sanhedrin, no two faces are the same. No two flakes of snow are the same. No two droplets of rain are the same. No two mindsets are the say. And then there is the inner diversity when we use our microscopic instruments to be able to appreciate the reason for the external differences. Magadlu Masach HaShem here says this already refers to the higher states of consciousness. And here too. He says, Malachim, Neshamis, each one's ta'inuk, each one's experience of the light of the divine is unique. K'maim This is expressed in the Mishnah. This is actually the last Mishnah at the end of the whole Shisha Sidra Mishnah, the end of Tractate Uktzin, which is the last tractate of Shas. Oh, Sedek Baruch Lahanchil Chol Vitzadik, Shai Shua Ben Levi says Hashem is going to bequeath to every Tzadik three hundred and ten worlds, and he brings the pasuk Lahanchil Yesh. I'm going to bequeath. To my beloved ones, Yesh. Yesh means something, but Yesh is Shin Yud three hundred and ten worlds. Shinema Lahan Chila Yesh asks the Alter Ebba Givaldi Kakasha Vilikhaide ni muvan. Ostensibly this doesn't make sense. Lama tzarich cult tzadik kolkach ilamas. Why does every tzadik need so many universes? Vichil Nachim Hutzarich. Does he need so much real estate? Does he need so many assets? (laughs) You know, you can explain this question in different ways, right? There's a deep... I'm I'm hearing in it. I don't know that Alter ever meant that. But I'm hearing in it. From my perception, a deep, biting irony. When spiritual leadership becomes about how much real estate you own, is that spiritual leadership? Is that the role of the tzaddik? Is that the form of the For this he could have been a real estate tycoon. Nobody minds if you own 310, uh, 310 properties throughout Manhattan or downtown London or downtown Dallas or Tel Aviv <coughs> or Moscow. But what's the tzaddik? So he says every tzaddik is going to get 310 worlds. This is what he needs. More properties, more assets. What's this all about? So the Alter Rebbe says, When we speak about reward, we're not really speaking about the reward. We're speaking about the mitzvah for which you're getting the reward. The Pirkei Ovis, the Mishnah says in the Ethics of the Fathers, the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. What does this mean? So the Balotanya explains there's different explanations, but the explanation is schar mitzvah mitzvah means that the reward of the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself, meaning the reward of the mitzvah is the experience of the light of the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah creates its reward. The schar mitzvah is the mitzvah, it's not something separate from the mitzvah. Usually, a reward or compensation doesn't have, is not directly generated by your work. You're working in a company. You're obviously providing, you're adding value to the company, so therefore you get your paycheck. But you can't say that I literally directly produced this money that I'm getting. Obviously, I indirectly, because I'm helping the company, and the company hopefully is generating revenue. Let's hope so. So I'm getting a cut of that. I'm getting something of that. Schar mitzvah mitzvah is saying something more than that. The schayr of the mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. It's what you created with the mitzvah. However, the action may not apparently produce this result to you. Schayr mitzvah means that you can experience the energy that you created through this mitzvah. And the same is the opposite. Schayr ve'ra ve'ra. The penalty for a sin is not separate from the sin. It's what I have done. It's just revealed. The veils are removed. Every action creates a reaction. The same is true with the lack of action. Every thought, every word, every action. And the system is not rigged. The system is real. I do something, I say something is a reaction. And a powerful one. So schar mitzvah is just the mitzvah itself. It's not separate. And schar aved is the aved itself. So the Balatanya says, that's the pshat. The schar of the mitzvah is... That one can experience the Ein Geulian, the divine pleasure, the divine light, the divine truth in this mitzvah, and therefore one can enjoy the radiance of the Shechina. That's Mitzvah mitzvah. That you can be able to see what you have done. You can see the energy that you created. You can experience the result, the consequences of your work. Or, in other words, you can experience the Hana, the oinog of the Shechinah, which the mitzvah connected you with. And every mitzvah has its own unique energy, its own unique delight. Gam, besides that, In addition to every mitzvah creating a unique energy, the essence of one tzaddik is never similar to another tzaddik. Their avidus Hashem is always different. Everybody has their unique, individual path to God. My love is my love, and my awe is your my awe and your love, and your awe is your love and your awe. And it's you can, no two people can ever be the same. Their DNA is different. Their nish, because their souls are different, and therefore their experience of Hashem is different, and therefore the calling of their life is different. Yesh Mispal mispal No two people can be affected the same way. One person is affected from this, one person is affected from this, one person, is affected, from this, one person is affected this way, one person is affected from this way. And that's why the Mishnah doesn't say Hashem will bequeath every Tzadik. He says every Tzadik and Tzadik to represent there's not one type of tzadik. Every tzadik, every good person is unique in their own way. And therefore, each person is going to get 310 worlds. Each one is his own mother, his own home. Each one has his or her own residence. Each person has his own home, his own experience, his own individual ray of God that he or she can internalize and celebrate and experience that he comprehends, that he enjoys, that he experiences the delight of Hashem. It's an individual and unique sense of ecstasy and pleasure and delight that is distinct and different from the pleasure and the comprehension of his friend, of his colleague, of the other tzaddik, because every person experiences Hashem lefum shi uredele. according to his shear. Every person has their own sheer. You can't put twenty people into a shear. There's no such a thing. The word shear means. What does shear mean? Measurement, size, right? A shear, like you say, sheer kazayas, shear k'beitz, chazi A shear is a measurement. The word shear means a class or a presentation. What's the connection? Because that's what a real sheer is. A real sheer is always to one person. So you want to know why am I speaking to more than one person? So the, so the truth is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not speaking to one person, quite literal, quite literally, which is myself and the beautiful world outside of me that I see throughout the window. The fact is, we understand the limitations that we can't have for each child an independent school. So we take 20 children or 30 children and put them into one classroom. But the concept is sheer shear means it's measured lefum shear delay so therefore every tzaddik is going to get 310 worlds was for 310 what's wrong with 10 worlds 10 worlds is not enough for him what is he going to do with 310 worlds Altarepa says it's not he needs more property every world represents simply that which he or she created with their life. And when we say tzaddik, this includes every one of us. As the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, your whole nation is tzaddikim. So every single one has all these worlds because it's what you created with your avayda. That's what it is. And it's every tzaddik has their own 310 worlds because first of all, every mitzvah, has its own unique oinik. So it's not like there's one world. There's many, many, even though there's 630 mitzvahs, but I guess some of them work together in a world. That's why there's so many. And every tzaddik has a different 310 worlds because no two people are ever the same. And no two people have the same struggles. And no two people grasp truth in the same way. And no two people have any experience that's the same. Every person has their own unique experience of Hashem. And therefore, your tainu could never be the tainig of the other person. Now, this is a very humbling and powerful thought because it's really the celebration of profound diversity that is not just a mistake, it's interwoven into the very fabric of creation and existence. There are real differences, and yet finishes, he says, And all of these infinite, diverse experiences are all the Hashchina. It's all the ray of the Shina. It's the way divinity is restricted and harnessed and channeled into a ray. Which is the way infinity that is completely undefined and unfathomable and not to be grasped, is communicated in a way that can be internalized, at least to some degree. But that internalization itself has an infinite amount of experiences. That's what he says. He doesn't say infinite, he says revovus, which means ribu is ten thousand. Revovis are many times 10,000, what they call in English, myriads. Myriad is 10,000. Myriads of myriads of myriads of states of consciousness and experiences of tainuk to souls. And then he says, ad en keitz to the point where there's no end. Ad infinitum. And mamash, he says, I'm not exaggerating. Why? Because the ziv comes from the light of the enzai, from infinity. And therefore the manifestation of infinity is also communicated in infinite ways. And therefore, there's no one way of experiencing the divine. There's no one way of experiencing spirituality. There's no one way of experiencing the truth. There's no two people who can serve God the same way. If I'm serving God just like you and you're serving God just like me, I am not serving Something is missing here because my eye is different. I, I, I different, I am a different conduit. I am a conduit for a unique light that has to be communicated through me and you're a conduit for a unique divine light that's communicated through you. And that's why in the real people there's no jealousy. Because jealousy can only happen when I feel that you're taking something from me or you feel I'm taking something from you and therefore I'm envious. But when we understand that every person has their own light uh, from Hashem that's communicated through them, what's the jealousy? You could never eclipse my mission and my light, and I can't yours. On the contrary, the more you shine your light, the more you empower me and help me shine my light. And conversely, you don't help somebody else by eclipsing your own light. You're not taking away their light. You're not taking away your light. But for this, I have to go into a deeper state of consciousness, a deeper state of reality, to appreciate usid called tzaddik v'tzaddik. Diversity here is never a contradiction to unity, on the contrary. The diversity is appreci- an appreciation of the infinity of Ein Sof. Now this has so many ramifications in Hashkafen and in psychology and in education and in community life and in the person's inner spiritual and psychological and emotional journey. It also means that uniformity is never the prerequisite to be in touch with Ein Sof. Equality should never be confused with sameness. There is sameness and there's equality. Every tzaddik, every person has their own unique shlichas their own unique mission. They manifest Hashem's light through their unique prisms and personality. And therefore your Tainug of Hashem could never be the Tainug of the other person. Because your comprehension is not the same comprehension. Because your experience is not the same experience. And therefore you have your 310 worlds that you created, that you're living in. You're living in the energy that you created. And he has his 310 worlds that he created or she created throughout their life, through every single word and speech and action. And what do we mean by these worlds? These worlds are the divine radiance that you get to bathe in. You're bathing in the divine radiance that you essentially created through your life. And all this is the Ziv HaShchina. The Ziv HaShchina, just when you spoke about the diversity of Marabu, there's the diversity of Magodlu. Rabu is quantity. Godlu is not quantity. He says it's quality. Marabu is how many, how diverse is your creation, Magad lo is, how great is masachah, Hashem. What's the great, what what do you mean mean how great, how great? Just like my rabu, how many, look how many, and each one has its own distinct physical identity, and chemistry, and makeup, and as he spoke before, the different tastes and flavors of each fruit, and each vegetable, and the different personalities of each animal, and of each bird, and of each fish, I'm using the word personality, but you understand what I'm saying the unique nature, disposition, character. And never mind each star and then each galaxy. And then there's (laughs) Magadlo masa Hashem. How great is masa Hashem? And he says this refers to the spiritual diversity the spiritual diversity of angels and souls and as Sadikim, as we explained before, each one with its own unique manifestation of god's energy that shines through you and shines through me and that experience is very dear because on one hand we're all unified we're all integrated and on the other hand real ein Saif celebrates and tolerates and invites and enjoys the diversity of experience ani yadati god until and the balatani continues I wanted to translate Hizchalkos as division, but probably the word division is not the right word here. Hizchalkos ha the... We need the word here. Hizchalkos ha the way the energy is dispersed. The way the energy is, again, I want to use the word "scattered," but it's probably not the right word here because it's it's dispersed. It's not really scattered. But the way the chayas is channeled, the way the chayas is channeled from the light of infinity to all the worlds, in 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 so many different states of consciousness and so many different types of pleasures. Each world and each person and each soul and each angel individually experiencing its own unique flow based on its size, on its measurement. All of this is summed up by the name Kim, and that's why elohim is plural. Why would we give Hashem a name that represents plurality, which represents diversity, which represents more than one? When we always say, Hashem Eloikeinu, Hashem Echot, says the Balatanya, Al-Shem Ribu Yitzchalkos, Melmaila, because Eloikim represents and celebrates and denotes the multitude, the multitudes of ways in which the divine singular energy extends and is revealed and is internalized and is manifested and extends. From above, is because aleikim represents the extension, the manifestation of Hashem's gedula, his greatness in a revealed way. What does it mean in a revealed way? that the recipient should be able to recognize. And know his greatness and glory, his beauty, and therefore they can experience pleasure and ecstasy. As the passage says in Tehillim, to see the pleasantness, the sweetness of the divine. And therefore, it's revealed. What does Gilui mean? What does Bebchines Gilui mean? Those are the key words here. Gilui means something is internalized by the one who you're communicating it to. If I share with you information or I share with you an experience and that experience is only retained in your superconscious layers that's not called gilui. Gilui by definition means something that's communicated in a way that you could internalize within your own structures and vessels. If I'm giving a shear, lefum a delay, but that sheer is not custom made to the student. The student may hear words, but you can't say that this information is now communicated to him in a way that he absorbed it. He didn't absorb anything. It went right over his head. Why? It didn't suit his vessels. Gilui always means not speaking to a person. Not speaking at a person. Not only speaking to a person but speaking within the person. Because the light has to be commensurate with the keli, and then it can be gili. So gili means it's revealed. What does it mean it's revealed? That the divine is revealed within the creature that's experiencing it, because it's a divine energy that's relatable to my consciousness. So my consciousness feels it. So this is the awareness of Hashem as mine. The awareness of Hashem as the essence of me. I want you to try to understand this well because this is some of the fundamental ideas of the Balatayn, not only in this Maimer. We often speak about Mamalikalam. That's what Mamalikalam means. Mamalikalam means the energy that fills the world. In other words, it's the way I can define the divine in terms of the core of me. Mipsari Echzelika. Why? Because it's Because it's a ray of the sun. And the ray of the sun could enter into me and give me the vitamins and the energy that I need. Or it can enter into the tree and allow the process of photosynthesis, turning sunlight into glucose, into sugar, to be able to give sugar energy to the tree so that it can grow. So this is the way the energy becomes absorbed and internalized within me. That's what's called gilu, and that's always a likim. It's plural. Why is it plural? Because it's never the same. It's based on diversity. So alephim is the way the energy of one Hashem is manifested in infinitely diverse ways. So plurality is the only way to capture the truth of alephim. The moment we're going to say it's one, you 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 are not in touch anymore with alephim. You cannot undermine diversity that is inherent to the very system of creation. As I said, it's interwoven into the fabric of creation. Diversity is not a mistake. It's not an error. It's not a random mutation. That's the shame of Hashem has the name Elikim, which is plural. Why? Because there's no one way of grasping Elikim. If Elikim was one, there's one way of grasping Elikim. By definition, every tzaddik has his own 310 worlds. Why? And every tzaddik is equally connected to Alekim because Kim is tuning into the unique divine energy that's manifested through you. There's the light that comes through you. And your whole life story is a manifestation of that divine light and you cannot give that to somebody else and nobody can give that to you. This is where individuality reigns supreme in Judaism. And it's not a contradiction to unity, on the contrary. Because they all come from one source, Ayurayin V'zehu, now we'll understand, A Mustahu Godluk kshu Remember we started. Chazal say, when is Hashem Godl? When he's bi'ir He's in the city of God. That's when he's gadol. Says the balatanya, ir A city, especially the cities that they were familiar with in Eastern Europe and White Russia and Belarus, the Altareva lived in a city called Liuzna, Vitebs, Lyadi. These were little shtetlach. So a city is made up of many homes. Many homes together creates a city. In Kabbalah, we know a home is of course made up of many pieces of material, whether it's built from lumber or built from stones. So you bring many racks or bricks, and the many bricks together create a home. So the city is made of many homes, and the home is made up of many bricks. What is this a metaphor for? He says, Homes represent bringing letters together to form words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters, and books. One of the fundamental works of Kabbalah, the work of creation, says, and Two stones build two homes. Which means, when you have a word of two letters, so those two letters can make up two different types of words. Let's take the first two letters of the Hebrew alphabet, Av. What can you do with the word Av? Av means a father. But you can also reconfigure the letters to make it Bo. Instead of Aleph Beis, it can be Beis Aleph, right? You took the same stones... Let's call Aleph a stone, a rock, and Beza a rock, and Gimel a rock, and Dalit a rock. So if you have two rocks, how many homes can you build? A word is like a home, because you bring letters together to build. Because a word is really an act of building. Articulating a world. A word is construction. It's work of construction. And this is really a fascinating metaphor. You know, people often speak about, you know, speeches, presentations. How do you speak? How do you give a speech? You don't give a speech. You build a speech. If you're giving a speech, it's like you don't give a house. You build a home. You don't give a mansion. You build a mansion. You don't give a city. You build a city. What do you think with a speech It's of You don't give a speech. You build a speech. Speech is an act of construction. Every word has to be constructed carefully. You're taking diverse letters and turning it into a word. And we all know what's the difference between a trash novel and a sophisticated book, eloquent. Its prose is brilliant and refined and exquisite and meaningful and deep and inspiring. They all use the same alphabet. Ah, but you can't compare the architects and the contractors. <laughs> they all using the same bricks. But sorry, you can't. When they're building the kitchen, he's using the materials, and he's using the materials, but uh, you've got to know how to put it together. This person takes letters, and they produce a word that, you'll forgive me, is trash. It's vulgar. Murray says, mm-hmm. In P'sachim, we learned to Dav Gimel, right? A person should always speak a refined language. The same letters, but how you say a word, how you put it together, it creates a word that is beautiful, Or a word that is not so beautiful is unrefined. Now you have to go to the next step. You still don't have a city. You take one word and another word and another word and another word and another word. And now you have a sentence. You have a block. And then you have a neighborhood. So you have a paragraph. And then you have a chapter. And then you have a book. And you have a city. You have a state. You have a country. That's what a speech is. You build a home. And from the homes, you build a whole block and a whole neighborhood. And from the neighborhood, you extend it into a city. And from the city, you extend it into a country. So it's an act of construction. That's what the Sefer series says. Two stones build two homes. Three stones build more homes. And it's funny how many homes you can build, right? Once you hit five, five stones, you can build 120 homes. Olive-based Gimel, Dalet, Hay can be configured in 120 different ways. You had five stones and you can build 120 different homes. Now if you go a little further, you're going to stop counting because it's impossible to count. It's unbelievable how from one, the first two letters, you can build only two homes. And then a few letters later, it becomes a number that is beyond our imagination. The Sefer Yitzir says, you'll get it a little further, you won't be able even to hear the numbers. That's how numerous they become. This is the Pshat Amasahu Godl Kshubi. When is Hashem a godl? When he's in the ear. Remember what an ear is. Tainu, what's the avonim? What's the bottom? Phinas is Vamshakhis is Khalkhir, but come a bottom of Madragis. The two rocks that build two homes, what does it represent? The oasis. Every ice is a letter that communicates a certain energy, and from it you can build many homes, many states of consciousness. This is a metaphor for God's words as well. Hashem's words literally constructed the universe. We say with ten utterances, they were the building blocks of the world. So God's letters become homes, become homes, which turn into blocks and neighborhoods and cities. And there's a diversity because there's so many different types of letters. Each nivra has its own unique oisius. You understand? Each nivra has its own unique oisius that build the world. Hashem built the world through words. And you know what's fascinating? When we speak today about DNA, DNA is always referred to as words or as letters. That's not literally letters. But they, they, they refer to the chemicals of DNA as letters. And DNA, this is the... The, the blueprint for all living organisms, which is the concept that the whole world is basically made up of letters. Oisius. Because these ices create bottom, and these bottom create cities. And every niver has the ices that create the bottom, that create the... Earth. And every, every little creature is its own city. <laughs> and sometimes its own country, and its own continent, and its own planet. Every little niver, every ant is a planet based on the are that built this ant, or this mosquito, or this bee, or another insect, or any other creature. And the example would be, you can have an idea, but the idea is manifested through many letters of thought and then ultimately of speech. So it's one idea, but the idea then comes down and is manifested in so many different letters. <laughs> Hashem's Gadlos is extended and manifested in endless different forms and manifestations, and endless different forms of pleasures in all the worlds, each individual existence according to its own sheer and then he's called elekim in the plural, because of the endless diversity of the Khius extending in a revealed way, again, each one experiencing its own tainug, your delight is not my delight. Your ecstasy is not my ecstasy because my tainug is from the air that I can experience and your tainug is from the air inside that you can experience according to your Caleb, according to your structure. That's Alekib. So Eim Hu gadol, when can we talk about Hashem as a gadol? Be'ir when he comes into the ear of elakim. Hashem himself, I can't talk about his gadlos. I can't talk about it. no thought can but it. Eim Hu gadol. When can you talk about Hashem's greatness? Only when the infinity is restricted, and channeled, and harnessed, and tailor-made, and accustomed. And it experiences all of this diversity, that's manifested in a way that can be retained, and absorbed, and hence experienced, and revealed within the consciousness of every single creature, every soul, every angel, every world, according to its own unique measurement, Then it can experience the divine flow, the ziv hashchina, that's the elikim, that's the plural. And that's when he becomes a gadol. When can we define him as a gadol? When can we call God great? When we can experience God. It's nothing about, it's not about Hashem himself. When we can experience him, I can call him a gadol. In other words, you're not describing him, you're describing yourself. We can't describe Hashem as a gadol. What do we know about the godless of Hashem? We always say when you say an opinion about somebody else, you're not saying an opinion about them, you're saying an opinion about yourself. <laughs> and it's true, especially with great people. When you give an opinion about a really great person, you're not talking about them, you're talking about yourself. What you grasped from them, based on your capabilities. So, Eimasaihu God Luxu Beir Eloikainu, when Hashem's undefined infinite energy is manifested and channeled, to be able to create an ear, of Elokim of our God, and it refers to Eloikainu because it's a Gili. So when it's Be'irelekeinu, what does it mean when it's Be'irelekeinu? When it's channeled through Oisius, when it's channeled through many letters, which build up many homes, which build up a city, in other words, creating the chemistry and the diversity of creation within every creature itself, there's many cities. Then, a HaSaihu Gadol, then Hashem's gdula can be experienced. This is Eloi Kim. Havaya is one. Shava. Havaya is the source of all the existences, all of the energy that becomes contained and the source of existence. Havaya is the source of it all. The the Shaish, it's the root of all. Before the divine energy is communicated in a way that it can be revealed, which is only in the city of Hashem. Which means when divine energy is channeled through Oisius, through individual DNA sequences and letters that can comprise the core of every single creature and allow the creature to experience it. Havaya is the pure undefined, infinite energy, pre that state. And when we say pre, we don't mean in time. Pre is always, it's always that way. Havaya represents that dimension, that aspect that is beyond dimensions. That's the p'chin of Havaya. This is the beginning of the explanation of Havaya and L.A. Kim and their partnership in creating the world as daltereba will continue in the continuation of this, of this Mimer, which will lead us back to the answer of Hashem to Moshe about Galus and Golos Mitzrayim, and we will continue Bezer Hashem this Shmayer on Monday morning, seven thirty a.m. right here on the Yeshiva.net. Just to remind you again tonight, in honor of the yard Set of the Balatanya, eight o'clock, there will be a special Fabrengen here, streamed on the Yeshiva.net with the participation of my dear older brother Rabbi Simon Jacobson, Rabbi Shai Taub, Rabbi Shmuel Lu from Great Britain, and yours truly. That's tonight, beginning at 8. It will continue for a few hours. That's that. Sunday morning, again, 9.30 a.m., we will be learning the third part of Basi Lugani, Be'ezir Hashem, 5, 7, 2, 1, three streams of Kabbalah, the infinite, the finite and the fusion. The Ramak, Rab Moshe Kordevero, the Arizal, the Ramak the Arizal, the Baal the Balatanya. It's going to be Sunday morning, 9.30. Everybody is invited. Those of you in the area can come and participate live at the Shir in my home. And uh, of course, with uh, the precautions to make sure everybody is safe. And you can watch it also by Hashem right here on the website on the yeshiva.net. In the meantime, I wish you all a beautiful day, a meaningful day. See you tonight. Have a beautiful Shabbos, an inspiring week, and an uplifting day in which you experience the Marabu Masacha and the Magadlu Masacha. Let's take a few questions. Take the 22 of the 26 letters of the alphabets. There are a gazillion possible combinations and permutations of these letters. The same is true for numbers. A single change of a letter in a URL takes us to a different website, etc., etc., etc. And a single change in DNA sequence, can have tremendous consequences in terms of a person's life. This is just a physical reflection of the infinite spiritual combinations Hashem created from the building blocks of His creation. Right. So the letters are the building blocks, that's exactly the word, of His creation. How can from such a limited amount of building blocks come out so much? And the answer, of course, is the different combinations creates different types of cities. And that's why the cities are so diverse. As he says, ad infinitum. All because the combinations, the possible combinations are really endless. You explained that the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. What's the reward for having and raising a child? And the answer is the child. Beautiful. You said that the other person could never take away my light, but he just took away my parking spot. Well, let's hope that you don't confuse your parking spot with your light. Somebody asked on the chat, why the number 310? I would think it would be 306, 3, 613. That's a good question. Later in the memory, comes back to the 310. So they will try to address it then. Um, somebody asked about seeing the sun at night, but I didn't understand your question. We can't see the sun at night. We don't have the ray of the sun at night, obviously, because of the the system of uh, the sun's orbit, or the Earth's orbit, or the orbit of both of them. So as a result of that, we can only see the sun by day, not at night. Let me see if there are more questions. Maybe the number 310 is to indicate that there is never a limit to the rewards of a tzaddik from his avodah through mitzvahs. Because 310 is half of 620. And 620 is the 613 biblical mitzvahs and the 7 rabbinic mitzvahs, which is 620. And 310 is half of those. So maybe he's saying that there is a, never a limit to the reward of the tzaddik through the mitzvahs. When he does 310 mitzvahs, which is half, so therefore he gets 310 worlds. Right, but the question is, why would he mention the half? Why would not he mention the whole, the 620 worlds, 610 worlds? Okay, it's a very good question. bezer Hashem, we'll get to that a little later. In the meantime, I wish you all a beautiful, beautiful day. And Hatzlacha.